you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Aguiloa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. What is good, everybody? Joining you from the beautiful city of Birmingham, the Steel City, the Magic City, for the 16th episode in year four of Pat's Interference, a college football podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Patrick Brickman, joined by my co-host, Patrick Norwood of North Carolina. Buddy, we're back. How you doing? We are back. We're going to get Doug back. Yeah, I'm good. Dude. Get Doug back. I'm really good. I, it's really good to hear your voice. It's nice to have you back on the uh, on the podcast. I think I just blew the levels out, but we'll fix those in post production. No, that's great. We'll hey, get I'm the interns on back. it. Yeah, I've uh, I've put together sort of a um, sort of a bare bones way to do the podcast. So sorry, folks. No uh, no uh, soundboard. No fun fun sounds from me. No fart noises. No um, stupid little sound bites that I. This is tradition. You guys all love so much. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Because I am still in the process of moving. Um, Not quite in our house. We're hoping that will uh, change a week from Friday. But until then, I am staying at the lovely Lane's house. Uh, That would be Ann and Ron Lane. My wife's grandparents are putting us up. So. uh, we got a great place to stay. Started the new job last Monday, so I wasn't on the podcast because I was starting a whole new thing. But Working. now we're back and we're uh, better than ever. Working, man. Yeah, we're great. We're great. You're you're happy in the new job. Plus, plus to come back. Yes, I'm very happy at the new job. Uh, it was cool. I've been covering uh, a lot of SEC football. Uh, I was at SEC Media Days for basketball today. Uh, it's, it's a cool job. I'm really enjoying it. And then uh, to come back this specific week is so big because. Well, man, it it was a crazy week of of college football last week. It was it was uh yeah, it was chaos. It was it was the chaotic week that is. Uh, my Heisman contender gone, basically. Yeah, your he's, Heisman he's, contender he's possibly injured. Hey, yeah, hey, he's been practicing. We'll get into he's that. Been in practicing. A bit, we, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But uh, but yeah, no. It's uh, first off before we get too far into it, do want to give a special shout out to Kevin Burke who came on last week. Uh, Kevin, to to if help I me had out, the soundboard. I would be doing the applause right now. Yeah, yeah. No, he uh, he helped me out. Um, came in after popping a tire on the way here, uh, and then we actually went to Tuscaloosa to see the game on Saturday, uh, Alabama against Missouri. So that was that was a good time. Fun was had by all, but I think we're uh, glad to be back. Um, and glad Kevin is safe. And again, thank you to Kevin if you're listening for covering last week. He did a great job. We picked two upsets last week, my friend. Did he, you? That's probably more than you and I have combined. He had one through six. He had Virginia over Miami, and I had Iowa State over West Virginia. You called your own upset. I know. I know. I shot myself in the foot for the podcast. That's the kind of dedication you have, though. That is. That is. All right, let's go ahead and get into last week, because it was crazy, like you mentioned. I know you're working tail off, but I know you also got to see a few games. Uh, so we'll I just kind of, we'll kind of go down the list here. Does that work? Go down the week eight list? Let's do it, baby. All right. Uh, Thursday and Friday, nothing to talk about. Um, we're just going to go uh, by order of, uh, we'll go chronologically. So Michigan and Michigan State at noon. Uh, that or, Excuse me. I am so sorry. I'm looking ahead. You're looking at next Look week. At me. We'll get to that too, but looking at me. I, I'm I'm all over the place. You leave for a week and it all goes to the dogs. Do you see how this I happens? Say that, boy. I Good would night. not say that. Good night. All right. Uh yeah, we had a Tuesday matchup. Yeah, that's right. The App State Arkansas State game. Some rumblings I'm hearing, by the way. I don't want to talk about this game, obviously, but some rumblings that uh App State's coach headed to North Carolina. Shh. Don't ask me where I got my sources. You you have the inside information. I'm not going to compromise my sources. Do not ask me to do it. 
As we mentioned on the podcast last week, Texas Tech beat TCU. Not a surprise to a lot of people. A lot of people, uh, I think the line was like TCU by four and a half by the time the game started. A lot of people hit that Texas Tech line and won big money for that one, my friend. Going into Friday, we had South Florida at Tulsa. No. Air Force at San Diego State. No. Arizona at Utah. No. Utah again proving that Kevin Sumlin's issues may not have just been at Texas A&M. And now... We can move into Saturday. Yes, shall we? Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Uh, so let, let's, you know, we'll go in chronological order again. I think that's only fair. Tennessee only fair. at Auburn. Uh, Tennessee wins hey. 30 to 24. Uh, Garantano had 328 yards. Auburn looked as stagnant as they had all season. Seems like my preseason predictions may have been a little bit more accurate than I would have intended. Uh, but. That's a Tennessee victory by six, and uh, it wasn't that close, honestly. No, the six, the six is misleading. Auburn put on a late touchdown under a minute. Hey, your boy was at that game. You were at that game. I know you I were. I was at that game. That I know was you my were. First, uh, that was my first college football assignment at the new job, so I, I went I went uh, for breakfast at Jordan-Hare. Sure, sure. How? Um, uh, so what did you see down there on the sidelines, and what can we expect from both of these programs moving forward, do you think? Well, the big storyline going in was the fact that Auburn had re- just lost to Mississippi State, and mm. they hadn't they had failed to rush for 100 yards as a team mm. three straight games, which is the mm. first time that had happened since, uh, who knows, like definitely Tuberville, uh, if not before. It, and so Auburn got off to a fast start, running the ball. You could tell they scripted their plays well. Then they scored that first touchdown. Uh, they added a field goal, 10-3, to and then they just shut down. For a very long time. Completely, yeah. Um, Garantano, uh, this is the first time I've watched Tennessee and seen growth in a couple seasons. Yeah. You know, Tennessee played well. They played a good game. Garantano, like you mentioned, he had over 300 yards passing. He was money on third down. This is the best game of his career. The best passing game Tennessee's probably had since Peyton Manning. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) You're forgetting um, about Tyler Bray, my friend. Tyler Bray. The jet ski uh, connoisseur of Knoxville, Tennessee. I remember when Mel Kiper popped him up as the number one pick in one of those drafts, and he wasn't. He went undrafted, I think. It's anyway. Do you remember um, the time that uh, he was uh, he was on a jet ski and almost killed three people? Do you remember I that? I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that doesn't get forgotten. <laughs> it's not forgotten. Uh, Tennessee snapped an eleven an eleven game SEC losing streak. Uh, first one for Jeremy Pruitt, which if you are a fan of. Alabama, you know that he was the defensive coordinator there the two years previous to this one. So a good big win for him. Um, and uh, Auburn has a lot of issues that people – I don't understand them because I see the talent on the field. I see the, the playmakers. Very skilled team, yeah. And and, and, and it's like here's, – here's my diagnosis. Go, Gus Malzahn can't coach. No. Uh, he can – he can get – his, the talented players where they need to be, he can't make adjustments on the fly. If he's got a player going off, like Schwartz, they got this kid named Anthony Schwartz. He's a freshman. He's one of the fastest players in college football. He scored a, a 55-yard touchdown, uh, ran by everybody, and then he didn't give them the ball again. Yeah. He stopped running the ball after they had 80-something yards rushing on their first, first two drives, and then he looks at uh, Jared Stidham, who is mightily struggling and, and really killing his draft stock. Yeah, Stidham but 28 for 45. in bad positions. His, his interceptions were horrible. Um, he fumbled away a touchdown. Um, it's as bad as he's ever looked at Auburn. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like the wheels are coming off. It reminded me of watching the, uh, you remember the game they played against Clemson last year where they just got waxed. I mean, yeah, but they played Clemson. But this one, this was Clemson, and two, they played them pretty well. They played Clemson. The difference between this game and that game, because you're not the first person to make this uh, similarity. Sure. The difference would be that Auburn played Clemson well that game. This one, they played Tennessee poorly. Mm. I just remember not, that game. Not the he same. dropped uh, Stidham dropped back to pass at least three or four uh, plays in a row where he was they he had nowhere to throw the ball. Uh, because Clemson was in the backfield in the first, you know, I don't know, second, second and a half. Um, yeah. And it just, it looked like that Auburn offensive line just struggled. Auburn's record now four and three, one and three in conference play. Losses at, uh, are coming to Tennessee, obviously, uh, LSU, and then who is their third loss? 
Uh, oh, their third loss, they got uh, LSU, Tennessee, and uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, exactly. They play old. They play Ole Miss this week, and 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 that's not an automatic win in my book. No, um, no, especially with have, the. They, they Sorry, still go got ahead. Georgia. They still got Alabama. They've still got Georgia and Alabama. Uh, this also, going to struggle to make a bowl game with the way that, uh, yeah, with Ole Miss, the way that they're trending and the way that Auburn's trending, you you got to kind of tip the scales in Ole Miss's favor there, right? It's at home. It's an er- Auburn's big hope is that you know they're taking this seriously and it's an early morning game, but Ole Miss isn't going to sleep walk past Auburn because Ole Miss had no expectations coming in the year and Auburn had big ones. So the target's still in Auburn's back in that game. Yeah. They're going to have to be careful because if they lose that game, then they probably don't make a bowl because it went over. Um, I don't remember who they played. It's not the Citadel. It's somebody else. Alabama plays the Citadel. Alabama plays Citadel. They play, uh, I believe they might play UTC uh, or right. Liberty. For some reason, Liberty is sticking it's out Liberty. my mind. No, it's Liberty. It they is play Liberty. Liberty. But that game doesn't count toward bowl eligibility. I don't right. believe, or even if it does, I don't know. I mean, it's whew, they're going to struggle to make a bowl, and that's uh, that's tough. You that's tough. Uh, Tennessee ten for nineteen on third down, but that really that number really doesn't explain how good, just how good, uh, Garantano was passing on third downs. Just seemed like every single time they needed a clutch pickup, he was there to provide it. Oh yeah, they had had touchdowns on third down. They had long completions. Um, meanwhile, Stidham had can't can't hit anybody downfield yeah he was he was so money at the end of last year and he's he's been missing Slayton as his best receiver this year uh and and I've watched both the last two games that Auburn's played and he I think he's missed Slayton downfield probably six times in the last two weeks yeah uh all right let's move on uh another early game Notre Dame almost getting caught by Pitt Uh, I think they were caught sleeping a little bit uh, Book had another pretty good day, 26 for 32, which is great, but he also threw two picks uh, and had two touchdowns as well. Uh, Pitt really giving them fits uh, in that beginning of the second half. Um, went up 14-6 to at one point in this one. Couldn't tack on any more points, though. Uh, Boykin uh, catches a 35-yard pass from Ian Book with about five and a half minutes left on a five-play 80-yard drive uh, that kind of just sealed it for Notre Dame. But, Brick, are you selling Notre Dame any harder now because they struggled against Pitt, or are you seeing this as a flute game, which Pitt is known to sort of do? I mean, I it, it sours me a little bit on Notre Dame. I'm not here's, – here's the situation Notre Dame's in. Everything that keeps happening, Georgia losing, Oklahoma losing, all these teams that keep losing now, it is perfectly opening the door mm. for Notre Dame to slip into the playoff as a team that's not in a conference. Because an undefeated Notre Dame against all these teams with one loss, I still feel like the voters will put Notre Dame in. But they have to be careful about games like this because Notre Dame's already gotten past the toughest part of their schedule and in their toughest games, they've looked really impressive and won by a lot yes, of points. Yes, 100%. Yeah, no, I, I, for once I agree with you about Notre Dame. But um, if, you, if, you, if you have two more of these 19 to 14 wins over these kind of teams then the voters are going to put Georgia in no matter how bad they just lost to LSU or uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, honestly, you can't play this way against Syracuse if you're Notre Dame. And the and that's the game where they're wearing the pinstripes and it's that whole rigmarole with those awful, those god-awful uniforms. Yeah, I hate uh, those. The pinstripes are just terrible. But, uh, you know, if you're Good pit, idea, bad execution. Exactly. Great idea, terrible execution. Uh, if you're Pitt, you know, that's that's a huge feather in your cap. You know, you just hung tough with a pretty good Notre Dame team. It seems like your quarterback issues kind of got figured out a little bit. Um, but, again, if you're Notre Dame, you can't play this way the rest of the season or you will slip up and lose one. And I'm sorry, but a one-loss Notre Dame does not get in over a one-loss uh, team, you know, Power 5 team unless or, you know, even if, uh, you know, that one loss is only by a field goal or whatever or book gets hurt. I think if you've got a Power 5, especially a conference champion, a one-loss conference champion, I think, still gets in over Notre Dame. No, I mean, imagine this With scenario. one loss. It's hard to imagine, but imagine this one. Say uh, West Virginia, per se, wins out, right? And and that means they beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a 5-1. and one, or sorry, not 5-1. I'm looking at their current record. But a one-loss West Virginia and a one-loss Notre Dame that did not play in a conference championship. you got to put West Virginia in. So, yeah, Notre Dame, they, they can walk into the playoff with with a pretty weak schedule left. I mean, USC, I'm looking up their schedule now, 
but I think USC might be their toughest game left. I mean, they got FSU, who is uh, not good. Maybe should be a win. Um, Northwestern has been terrible this year. Their toughest game is USC, and USC has been nothing. I mean, Notre Dame, we should look at Notre Dame and go, okay, they're a playoff team right now. We should be putting them away. We should be putting them in because they played ranked teams like Virginia Tech and like Stanford, and they won those by double digits. They've played, uh, they beat Michigan by a touchdown, and Michigan's looked pretty good the last couple weeks. Notre Dame has the easiest path to the playoff, and it makes it, that's why I say I'm kind of souring on them because they have it and they see it, and then they go out and they almost give it away to Pitt. Yeah. So I don't trust them anymore. No, no, I agree with you. Uh, you mentioned Northwestern a little bit ago. I want to move into that. Uh, Northwestern, let's just skip to the end of the game. Down by seven to Nebraska. This is Jade Stoner's uh, sweetheart, mind you, <laughs> the Wildcats. Yes. Lest you forget. Uh, you won't da- let her forget. Down 31-24 to a team that has not won a game all season in Nebraska, which we're going to get to in a second. They go on an eight-play, 99-yard, uh, about two-minute drive. Uh, to tie the game up, and then they kick a 37-yard field goal in overtime to win it. Uh, I don't want to talk about Northwestern too much other than just the shout-out to uh, to Jade, obviously, a uh, great guest host from two weeks ago, uh, and the fact that their quarterback threw 64 passes in this game. I love for- it. 41 for 64 for 455 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks, which that's is... Some wacky, that's some wacky football right That there. is some NCAA football 13 presented by EA Sports uh, numbers right there. I do want to talk about Nebraska, all right? Scott Frost obviously coming coming in, a lot of headway, a lot of people in Nebraska really excited about him preseason. Uh, a lot of people think he's going to be the answer. However, uh, not looking like it so far, right? Kind of no. struggling. Are you mashing the panic button? Or do you at least have your finger over the panic button? Not I, 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 he took over so little at Nebraska, and I do act, I do believe he's a good coach, but I do think he still has a lot to learn about head coaching at a high level. Um, I think he can turn it around. I don't think he's ever going to take Nebraska to the playoff, but I'm going to res- I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the panic button more on what's going on at FSU at this point than I, and I guess it's weird to say because FSU played Miami close and they have a couple wins under their belt, which isn't against some unimpressive competition, but, um. Nah, I'm not. I, maybe I don't care enough about Nebraska right now, but I, I don't. I'm not hitting the panic button. Ask me again next year. Yeah, I think you got to give Frost at least one more year. You got to give him at least one more year before you make that election. But right now, it doesn't look good. I mean, it really doesn't look good. Uh, all right, let's move on. Another early game that I do want to talk about. Um, you've got the unified Cotillion front facing off against Memphis. That's at Memphis. Uh, okay. struggled. UCF struggled in this one. The team that thinks that they should have contention this year in the playoff beat Memphis by one by scoring late in the fourth quarter. Or excuse me, I guess early in the fourth quarter, and then Memphis just never responded. I thought we don't talk about them on this podcast. I never said their name. <laughs> I will. Uh, no, you, hey. You know, there, there, I don't see a single path where, where UCF makes it in the playoff unless everybody at the top loses two games before the end of the season. And why do you think that might be? Because it's not even the fact that they only beat Memphis by one. It's the fact that they they only play teams like Memphis. They don't have a single game on their schedule where we can look at them and compare them to the rest of the country and, and definitively say they're one of the top four teams in the country, which is what you have to be able to say about a team to get them in the playoff. We can say, hey, they've won all their games, like exactly like we did last year, but we can't look at them and go, yeah, they're a top four team. We just can't do it because they don't give us anything to go off of other than the fact that they're beating on teams that aren't very good. I, and, um, I think it's yeah. very interesting that they're down 30-14 to 14 in this game. Yeah, and and you could make the argument for the other side saying okay, and then they came back and won in the way because yeah, every but they, time they but win, no, at this no, no, point, no, 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 stop, they win, stop, was... stop. They came back and won against a team that lost to Navy two and Tulane this season. No, it, hey, I'm I'm with you. I'm I agree with with what you're saying about UCF and the fact that for a team that's trying to because they have to impress their way into the playoffs, 
uh, it's like okay, well, it's it's sort of like um. It's sort of like Last Chance U with with EMCC. Remember when they would beat teams on purpose by eighty? Mm. Because all that matters was was the eye test. Yeah. It's it's what UCF needs to be doing. They need to be beating Memphis seventy to three. Yeah. You know they need to be they need to be winning those games that big and and so now we're gonna get to the end of the year. We're gonna go good for UCF, but we can't call them a top four team in the country because they don't. They've given us nothing to go off of. They don't have. You know, even they don't even have a you know like a like in North Carolina on their schedule. Yeah, uh, somebody in a conference that we can compare them to. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, it, it's it's I, I don't want to talk about them anymore. I think it's just a ridiculous argument. I think until you play somebody and prove yourself against a team that actually deserves to be proven against, you you just don't have a say. Especially this year when there's so many teams at the top. Um, now, and I feel like, I feel like what I said was unfair about the North because that game was canceled. But you know what I'm saying? That was their one chance to really show no, us against a power five team. It's a power five team that's losing to or almost losing to Pitt. Okay, do you think they lose because they're going to uh, Cincinnati's undefeated and they're going to play USF, who they always play close, and USF's okay. Um, do you think they that, that's who they end with? They're going to play uh, Temple in there. You said they play Navy, and then they got those two games. You think they lose either one of those? I know you hope they do. I think I think they could lose to USF. I really do. Even though uh, I think they could lose to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. I think they could. Um, but I mean, I it's just it just doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't. They just don't matter at all. They just don't matter. I think it's great what they're doing for the group of five. I think it's great what they're doing for the college football playoff conversation to expand that to eight teams. Other than that, I don't think they're worth talking about. And I think they're so whiny about everything at this point that people are kind of over it. Yeah, let's move on. Hot take. All right, uh, moving into the afternoon games. Texas knocks off Baylor by six. Uh, you know, not really a lot of news there. Um, you know, Jalen Hurd did get a two-yard touchdown run or had a couple. I think he might have had a couple of touchdowns. I think he plays tight end now. Uh, does he really? Yeah, I think he plays tight end for them. No, okay, so I wasn't here to talk about Texas. Texas is one of those teams that lost in week one, um, and I, I kind of wasn't, like, jumping off. I was, you know, everybody goes, Texas is back, and then they're not. And then they beat Oklahoma, so I didn't get to brag about the fact they beat Oklahoma, and I was telling everybody, hey, Texas right. isn't that bad, guys. Um, and then this, I'm, I'm chalking up a 6.1 to Baylor uh, as a, well, they just won a very um, uh, emotional win over Oklahoma, and, and teams do this. Alabama's done it. Every good team has done it. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm not... I don't think they finished the season with one loss, but Texas is is on the rise. Well, and you've got to remember too, uh, Ellinger got hurt in the first quarter of this game. Yeah, um, and then I think Buchella, I think is how you pronounce that last name. Uh, their backup yeah, came Buch- in. Buchel, who was their starter not that long ago, by the way. Yes, uh, he played an okay game. I mean, he played a game that got them to the point where they could survive. Um, yeah, we'll see. They'll, they they've got it. some other games left, and I think they drop another one or two. But they're they're. They're not the worst team, and I wouldn't, you know, no. if I were a if I were a, a good team, I wouldn't want to face Texas. No, and they're they're definitely trending in the right direction as well. Since we talked about that earlier, but at the same time, they also have to play West Virginia, who I don't think they're going to beat. But if they do get yeah. past them, there's always a chance. You know, there's always a chance. All right, uh, the next afternoon game was a doozy: LSU thirty-six, Georgia sixteen. Uh, really, really struggled. Uh, if you're a Georgia fan, that was a tough one to watch. LSU looked like a buzzsaw. I mean, just running the ball all over that Georgia defense. Um, it was another game where Joe Burrow was average. He did not throw a touchdown pass. He was 15 for 30. He had 200 yards, and he won the game. <laughs> and He's I- doing enough, and he's not turning the ball over too much, and that's kind of what got Jalen Hurts to a couple national championships. Um, yeah. No, okay, so uh, you know, but I do, I do have to own my, I have to own it. Like I've, I've been harder on LSU than any, I've been way harder on LSU than you on this podcast. I've, yes, and I still find myself not buying them. And, I, and no, I, and I'm that, not either. But you know, that's the thing is, we both know that George is a very good team and probably a top five team in the country. They probably are. They probably still are, regardless of the loss to LSU. They're still probably a top five team in the country. LSU did this, or sorry, Georgia did this last year. To Auburn, Georgia did, Georgia did this on the road against Auburn. They looked horribly flat against a team that was playing really hot football, uh, like LSU is right now, and they lost 
by more more than they lost to LSU, and they. Uh, I think that woke Georgia up last year. I look at this game, and I think this game wakes Georgia up again this year. I think Georgia ends the season a lot stronger than what we just saw this past weekend. I mean, they and, gave uh, up almost 500 yards of offense. They're rushing yards by quarter. If you follow us on Twitter, that's at PI underscore podcast. You would have seen this yesterday. Uh, we do something every Monday or Tuesday called Pat's Stats. It's our favorite stats from the week that was in college football. This one coming from uh, Cody Worsham. Um Cody, he's a a digital media reporter at LSU. Um, Rushing yards by quarter for Georgia. First quarter, 69. Second quarter, 8. Third quarter, 37. Fourth quarter, they had negative one rushing yards. That's it. Lost a yard. They had four turnovers in this game. They did not control possession. Every single thing that could have gone wrong for Georgia went wrong. And yet, if you ask me, Right now, who I think is the better team, I'm going to take Georgia every time. Yeah, but that's the thing. I should I, I should be owning this harder and going, well, I still believe in LSU. Um, but I don't know what – I still don't. I think I, if that I, game's in Athens, it's a much different story. I, I guess I guess that the SEC West does, isn't as isn't, is top-heavy as I thought. You know, I thought Auburn would be better than them, and I thought um, – I thought Mississippi I, I thought State Mississippi would, State give would be better than yeah, them, and sure. I thought there was a chance A and M would be. Uh, they'll play A and M at the end of the year, but I, I think LSU beats A and M now. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I think LSU is now the second best team in the West, um, and uh, I would have told you that's not very much this year in the West, but at the same time, they just beat what I think is a top five team. So I don't. I mean, I. I don't know. I should I should be coming on and apologizing more profusely to LSU fans out there. I really shouldn't. I, I'm I, you know I'm, I'm a little dumbfounded at what they're doing. Maybe I haven't maybe I haven't accepted it yet. Yeah. And uh, you know, in, in November I'll I'll be in Death Valley I think for that game. And you know what? I'll have a lot more to say about it then. I suppose. Uh, Ohio State uh, hosted Minnesota this weekend, and PJ Fleck. Uh, Haskins went off for 412 yards. Ohio State. I don't want to say cruise to a 30 to 14 victory because there were some times that it was touch and go if you're a Buckeye, uh, but they no, took they care did, of business. They, they did. They did that thing. They did that thing where they start off slow. They were losing 14 to like 10 at some point. They were losing in the second quarter of this game. Ohio State's done this the last two years now, where they play a team like Minnesota or like uh, Indiana. Or, or like that, and they, they're losing to them late in the first quarter or into the second. Everybody starts tweeting about it. And so I, I remember in the first quarter of this game, I tweeted, um, here's your weekly Ohio State losing to a mediocre team in the first quarter before they blow them out tweet. And it's just, and then the second half, they give up no touchdowns. They didn't run away with it as much as they normally do, but uh, I don't know. I, 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 still fi- I still feel pretty confident about Ohio State being a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, no, I do too, for sure. For sure, it's it's going to be tough to to leave them out, um, you know, with with if they continue this effort. I, it's just I've never seen a year where the four playoff teams are pretty much, uh, you know, grouped together as much as Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson are. Um, yeah, you know that and, fourth and Clemson and well, everybody was leaving Clemson out this time last week because of the way they played. And I they I think that's so dumb because then they they beat you know my sweetheart. Queue up, right. uh, careless whisper by you know sixty. By the way, I, I we know. won't get into it. We're yet, gonna we're gonna get there. Just give I it can't time. believe game day is not going to that one. Really, really, you can't. We, you know where they're going. Instead. Yes, yes. I'm very excited. We're gonna talk all about it. Trust me. Trust me. Uh, let's get to these night games though. Let's get into some of these. Uh, Michigan State beats Penn State twenty one seventeen. Whew, Penn State, man. Penn State's done. That's it. Falling off. Bye-bye. No, yeah, they, they fell off. They lost. They they, they made the one of the worst play calls, and then they dipped. Yeah. Uh, that was it. That was it. And this, this happens a lot with this Penn State team. This happens a lot in the Big Ten, too. Second year in a row. Second year in a row. They've lost a close one to Ohio State, and then I don't remember who last year they turned around and lost to, but literally second year in a row they've done this. Lose a heartbreaker to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes, well, you know, but man, they they still have a good argument to be a top five, six team, and then they lose the next week, and everybody goes, oh, okay. Well, what does that make Ohio State then? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because next... Michigan State lost 
you know, Michigan State's had some terrible games. So who knows? Football's weird sometimes, man. You never know what those 18 to 22 year olds are going to do. Oregon playing Washington, winning 30 to 27 in overtime. Uh, Justin Herbert leading his team to victory. Still mad you wouldn't let me pick them as a uh, as or pick him as a dark horse Heisman. Uh, I let you pick him as a dark horse. You wanted to pick him as your Heisman. Well, I thought about it. I played around with it. I you really know, Herbert, did. I, 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 this is the first time good. I've Kid's looked good. at a... No, he's good. He might be the top pick in the draft. He's the number one guy on a NFL guy's boards right now at quarterback. Yeah, well, we'll see how that plays out. You know how that always goes with those boards. But an exciting game. Uh, head to overtime. Washington kicks a field goal. Oregon just kind of you know, nickels and dimes down the field. And then uh six play 25 yard drive. I called that upset, by the way. I know I wasn't on the podcast, but I called that one. And that's not a major upset. You guys, you know, picking Virginia over Miami was a great, was a great call. Yeah. Kevin did this great was, with that. This was a pretty good call. I picked, I picked, um, I thought they'd win by more actually Oregon. And then I picked, uh, not that this was crazy, but I picked USC to beat Colorado. Yeah. Well, that, those last two aren't that wild, but no, you're right. Um, you know, Oregon's really, really proving that they're in the right direction as well. Um, and I think Washington's trending the complete opposite way. Washington, one of my playoff picks this year, um, is is just looking rough. It looks like Jake Browning's not comfortable. He just doesn't look like the same guy uh, that wound up the season last year and even started the season this year against Auburn. Um, really, the play of, of that offense has slowed tremendously down. They've got to start figuring it out soon if they want to salvage this season um, and go on and win nine or ten games. Um, they're a good team. They're not a great team, and right. that's their problem. You know, sure. to get to the playoff, which is where some people were putting them, including you, was uh, you have to either be a a great team or be a very good team in a bad conference, essentially. And they are a good team in a good conference, and that's not good enough. That's to make not good enough. Uh, Wisconsin uh, gets just manhandled by Michigan. Um, you know it, that one was bad. Miami at Virginia, like we talked about. Virginia held on 16 to 13. It was an ugly game all the way around. Um, Rozier came in for Miami at quarterback. They've already announced he's going to be the starter next week after some turmoil there. Um, but Miami just never got it going. Um, and Virginia just kind of stuffed them. Uh, the I only know. two Miami's quarters, bad. the Miami's only two quarters where there team. were scores in this game were the second and fourth quarters. <laughs> um, and Virginia didn't score in the second half except for a field goal and still won the game. So that Miami should tell you how FSU, bad Miami man. is. No, they're bad. They are bad. They should have lost to FSU. Uh, a yes. bad call in that game gave my and FSU complete. FSU was up three touchdowns on them essentially. Yeah. Uh, one of them got called back with a horrible, horrible call that they for some reason couldn't review. But, um, whatever. You know, Miami should Miami should be four and three right now, not five and two. And one of those losses should be to a pathetic FSU team. They're bad, man. Yeah, uh, the final of that game might have been nineteen thirteen. I'm seeing conflicting reports now, um, but I mean, it was it, look, it was bad. If you're Miami, it's it's ugh. you've heard everything about Rick Mark Richt. Are you starting to see it now? You know, I like Mark Richt, but he's 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 another good, not great. I mean, Mike Rick, Mark Richt did his best as good. Yeah, he had one great team at Georgia, and they came a minute short of making the net, winning a national championship. And other than that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, let's move on to uh, the game I was at, right? Unless there's any other night game. Oh, yes, we need to talk about Iowa State and West Virginia because uh, Bootstraps Bill is done, my friend. Bootstraps, Bootstraps, Bootstraps. He's done. That's it. Call it a day. You throw three picks against Kansas and then throw 11 for 15 for 100 yards against Iowa State. You don't win a Heisman. Is there any team that's more prone to doing this, though? Iowa State, it's either Iowa or Iowa State or both. I mean, who wants to go play as a top 10 team in the state of Iowa? It is, it's a recipe for disaster. It is. It is. And it, it happens State, every year to a team that's like 6th or 7th that looks like they're on the bubble of the playoff. Iowa State beat Oklahoma last year, and Iowa beat Ohio State. Now, both of those teams uh, made the playoff. Or did Iowa State make the playoff? West Virginia... I can't remember if they made the playoff. Who? No, they did not. Ohio State did not, but still. No, they didn't. But uh, Iowa State played a freshman quarterback in Brock Purdy, who threw great. But if you're West Virginia, you want to be a playoff team? You can't lose to a freshman quarterback on the road. Can't do it. 
They're not doomed. They need help. They need a lot of help, actually. They need a lot of help. They need a lot more teams. To West lose Virginia? To. West Virginia needs that, That's to, it. No. They're at, the, they're at the point where they need. No, they could impress. They could They could go beat. Brick, they, they had beat 152 Oklahoma. yards. They had yes, nine first downs. People are slaves to the moment. If, if West Virginia goes and beats Oklahoma by 30, that's what I'm saying. They need a lot of They need more teams to lose, and they need to do what UCF needs to do at this point. But that West Virginia could actually make it because they have power five wins. But no, they need they have their chance of making the playoff is is it's is sitting solid at one percent. But I'm trying to help our West Virginia listeners have something to hold on to. Uh, good luck. Look, you and I, if you and I are boxing referees, I'm I'm waving my arms and hugging the guy and telling the other guy to get off of him, and you're just no, letting this know, guy you're letting this guy just die on the mat. We we know our playoff is either Alabama or Georgia. It's going to be. Ohio State, or at this point, Michigan, if Michigan wins out and beats Ohio State. Mm. Um, Notre Dame, probably, at this point. Clemson, or like Oklahoma, if they win out. That Those are the teams. Those, that, those are your six teams. Sorry, the rest of the college football fans out there, but that's probably the six you're looking at, unless there's just some kind of insane craziness. Over I think I think LSU can get there if they win out. Yeah, yeah, and sorry, LSU, if they win out. Uh, they're, they're definitely a contender. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Alabama and Missouri. Homecoming in Tuscaloosa. Like I said, I was there. Got to take uh, a bunch of people from North Carolina who I think had a great time. Uh, you know, got to eat some Dreamland barbecue. Well, ribs, I should say. You know, got to go to the pep rally. Got to see part of the homecoming parade and see the bonfire. You've been. You know how it is. I've been there. Uh, Alabama wins 39-10. Uh, you know, a great game by Alabama, especially their defense, I think. I think the defense really stepped up. But there was one pretty big shiner as far as this game's concerned. Yeah, no, it's it, – if, you know, uh, for, for Alabama people out there, and you know, all, all those uh, all those Bammers, um, this is one of those games that you just kind of wanted to end. The by, injuries were nightmarish. If you're an you know, Alabama of course, fan. the 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 big storyline was Tua going down. He went down. He was. We all knew he had a sprained knee after the Arkansas game because uh, Saban said as much. Surprised nobody asked about it, and he said that he's got it, and then that freaked everyone out. Um, he came out. He played. You know, he was playing great ball. He had. This was actually his most vulnerable. But he game he he's wasn't. Played I mean, he was playing Alabama. well, but he wasn't playing great. He was twelve for twenty-two. That's listen, and three touchdowns and an eighty-one yard, and he had. You know, he's still. He's still he's still averaging you know twenty yards of completion with those numbers. It's he's still playing well. This was but I, let me finish. This was his most go ahead. vulnerable. No, game. go ahead. His most vulnerable game. Red zone. His his only deficiency in this game was the fact that the offense made some miscues in the red zone. That was it. Yeah. Twelve for twenty two is not bad numbers to pretty much every other college football team in the country, and a lot of those inter, you know incompletions were in the red zone. But he goes down on a slide in the third quarter. He does not get immediately up. And you were there. I am sure the stadium was, you could hear a pin drop. Uh, every piece of attention went from Dixieland Delight to the medical tent. Especially when you saw Mr. and Mrs. Tungavailoa to his parents walk down to the tent and enter and did not come out for a good six or seven minutes. I'm not one to spit conspiracy theories. We've seen Tua practice all week. We know he is probably good to go on Saturday and probably will play on Saturday as far as everything's concerned. What I will tell you is this is not a sprain. Parents don't go down to the tent, and a guy does not stay in the tent for 16 minutes. I counted it. I know, because it felt like 16 hours. That does not happen if it's a sprain. That's my hot take. I, I could be horribly wrong. They could have just been treating him or wrapping his leg or telling, you know, talking so with what him. Are you Im- I guess what are you implying is what I want to know. That there's, there is a larger issue afoot that they are not telling because they he- don't want to risk it getting re-injured. They don't want to risk him getting hit. Alternatively, and kind of blowing this up on a wider scale, uh, Tua is not going to play Saturday against Tennessee. It is going That's to be jailing the whole way. And they just want to make Tennessee sweat and prepare for both quarterbacks, which Tennessee is now going to have to do, which, by the way, they would already probably be doing, considering the fact that Jalen Hurts ran through and caught the ball this game. 
Uh, hey, Her- no, Hertz balled out, man. Hertz was Hertz played great. And what I'm saying is that package is developing. We saw it a little bit in the Arkansas game. It's getting a little bit better, a little bit better. They're starting to open it up and have some more options. This game, you've got Jalen Hurts catching seven-yard passes now. You've got him rushing for about five, six yards. You've got him throwing one of the – the best ball of the night was thrown to Henry Ruggs in the corner on the sideline right there. Yeah. It was a mirror image. It was a it was a flipped image of the national championship game when he missed that same ball to Henry Ruggs in the end zone. You remember? I or it did. may have been Ridley. I think it, it was, was Ridley. Ridley. Yes. It was first quarter again. Mirror image. First drive. He put it on the money. It was between the ones on Ruggs' chest. Great pass. Great ball. Uh the defense played excellent, had a big old safety, had a couple huge sacks. Um Missouri's points only coming in the first quarter. And honestly, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Drew Locke was held uh, to 140, 142 yards through two picks and Missouri only scored 10 points, I'm taking that all day. No, yeah, big deal. That A big deal. It should be a bigger deal. All anybody's talking about is Tua, but but if Tua didn't get hurt, it would, should be made a bigger deal that they only gave up that many passing yards yeah. with Trayvon Diggs injured. You know, this was the first... Yeah, you know, their most experienced corner this year was Diggs, and then he gets hurt, and and Sertain and Savion Smith and Shaheem Carter were all great. Yeah, um, they played great. Isaiah Bugs played great. Mac Wilson bounced back after a really rough game against Arkansas. Um, Alabama still had 564 yards of offense in this game. No, that listen. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm going to refute your claim that that hurt that Tua doesn't play. I think he. Does I said play. it's a conspiracy theory. I I, right. I I told you at the beginning of the podcast I think he's going to play. I would believe you farther until I saw Tua sitting on Sports Center saying that he's fine. He is better this week than he even was last week, and he could have come in if he wanted. That's what Saban said on Monday. That's what Tua said on Tuesday. Um, on Tua Sports also Center. said it Monday I, I, on Monday Night Football. Yeah, in an interview with Scott Van Pelt. So I I think if if this was maybe it was Monday that that he said it, but anyway, he said it on Sports Center or whoever. Um, if this was a conspiracy, I, I, maybe I'm putting too much stock into Nick Saban and the, and, but I, I don't think he would have included Tua in that deceit. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I don't think he would have included his play. Like if he, Saban has no problem doing playing the political game and, and doing that, but I don't think he would throw Tua out there to do the same thing. Yeah. No, I look, like I said, it's conspiracy theory. Um, I like it, but I would. Here's my thing. I've not seen Tua play in person, so I would be pretty disappointed if I didn't get to see that on Saturday. Uh, He is. Let me tell you, it is impressive. I've seen it twice now because he played during the Tennessee game last year when I was there, and uh, had like a I don't know seventy yard touchdown run, and then his second pass of the game, I I turned and I made a joke to my friends. I was like, "Oh, Bama offense really slowing down. Didn't score on the first play. I was just joking. Next play, eighty yards down the field to Jerry Judy." Uh, Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs both get hurt. They're both what seems like day-to-day from everything that I've seen. Um, they've both been showing up to practice in their regular jerseys, not their non-contact yeah, Ru- jerseys, but they're just they're not running drills. Ruggs is fine. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I doubt Smith plays this week. I, I doubt he does, too. Uh, here's why that's big news. Ready? This was posted today. Only three FBS schools have two players ranked in top 40 in yards per catch. Only one school has more. Alabama has five. Five guys in the top 40 in yards per catch. Well, that doesn't change if, if uh, Smith sits. That means his yards per catch stays the same. No, but I mean, that's why it's huge that he got injured. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I, I see That's why saying, it's so yeah. big. I mean, it, five. Five players that are in the top 40 in yards per catch. Unbelievable. That's- that's it's it's numbers that people aren't even fully grasping because they just are tired of talking about Alabama. Yeah. Um, Most of those right. guys, by the way, sophomores and freshmen. Um, so again, to put a bow on that game, uh, big win for Alabama. Um, you know, great to see a win on homecoming. The crowd was awesome. Dixieland delight was hilarious. Um, we're not going to get into it too much because we've already spent too much on this game, but at the same token, great game. If, Tua is not as injured as I think he might be, or I think he could be. Uh, it's it's going to be a long season for everybody else, uh, given that Alabama can go to Death Valley and get a W. Tua at this point, it's it's he's he's on a 
he's he's the runaway Heisman at this point. Uh, if if he's if he doesn't get hurt and if Alabama keeps winning, yes. if Alabama keeps winning and he keeps because he and he's doing the similar things to what he's doing, he's it, it's going to be you know the runaway. It's going to be like Winston was. And it's going to be like Cam Newton was. It's it's there's not going to be a, a nobody cares about second place and nobody's going to watch that Heisman ceremony because. There's going to be no drama. Are there any more games you wanted to talk about from last week? Not from last week. No, we can move on. Let's move on to this week. All right, so I'll start there. We're going to do this uh, uh, like we what, like we were before I took my little hiatus where we were just kind of going quick, Yep. Um, spending some time on games we felt like we needed to, but nothing crazy um, because the recaps are always more important than the, our terrible, terrible previews, I suppose. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so you got Michigan, Michigan State early on Saturday. 11 a.m. kickoff, breakfast in East Lansing. That's my new thing is when it's a morning game, I call it's it breakfast. breakfast at breakfast at East Lansing. I've been doing I love it all it. week because uh, uh, Auburn's got breakfast in Oxford. I'm not going to breakfast in Oxford. Anyway, um, Michigan, Michigan State, who are you taking? Michigan's favored by seven, but they're on the road. I'm definitely taking Michigan. I'm going to take Michigan huge here. Um, I think Michigan's going to really sort of run. They control their destiny, and they know it. And I think they're going to run the table until that Ohio State game, and that's going to be a fun one. Uh, uh, you need to watch. You need to watch it. I think Michigan State plays them pretty close. I, I, I really think, don't. I really don't. I, I was not impressed earlier in the year by Michigan State. I was not impressed by them beating a Penn State team who completely has fallen apart. Um, Michigan State did everything they could to lose that game, um, and I, I'm I'm selling Michigan State hard. They have not looked inspired this season. They got whooped in Tempe uh, to Herm Edwards, um, and I, I'm just I'm really selling hard at Michigan State. I think Jim Harbaugh goes down and gets the win. I think Shea Patterson may have a good game as well. I'm going to take Michigan by 14 here. If there's one team Michigan State always plays well, it's Michigan. No matter how bad they You're are, right about that. Yeah, they always play Michigan well. I'm still taking the Wolverines, but I would. I think it's a close and sloppy and not fun game to watch, if I'm being completely honest. Oklahoma TCU, uh, that's uh, also an 11 a.m. game. Uh, breakfast at Fourth Worth. Um, yeah, uh, I've got to take Kyler Murray here. Uh, I think this is a big game for him. I think he's really trying to stay in the conversation as far as the Heisman's concerned. And I think Oklahoma is going to air it out. I think he's still in it, and I think he goes to New York, and I think that Oklahoma sure. wins this one huge. Yeah, I, I say by 20. Um. I am not. I'm not a super super fly on, on TCU as of late. Um, another game we got coming up. Another breakfast, like I was just talking about, breakfast in Oxford. Uh, Auburn Ole Miss. Does Auburn win? That's really my question. Uh, Jordan Tiamu threw for I think 370 something yards. It was oh, it was in the threes. Um, and Auburn Auburn's entire team, defense, offense, both sides of the ball. I've just looked bad. Again, they let Garantano throw for a whole bunch of yards on third down. Um, I think if Tayamu can have a similar game as he did in the win against Arkansas last week, um, you know, they should they should be able to pull this one out, and then Auburn's really going to make some decisions. Um, I'm taking Ole Miss outright. Yeah, I think, I mean, Ole Miss, like I said, he, I looked it up, 26 for 35 for 387 yards. He also had 17 carries for 141 yards. So now if you're Auburn, you don't just have to worry about his arm. you got to worry about his legs as well. Um, and I, I think Auburn's very uninspired. I think they've kind of sold – I think they're kind of selling it in as far as the season's concerned. Uh, I saw a lot of give up in that team on Saturday, and I'm just not sure that they want it as bad as Ole Miss does at this point. Um, so I'm going to take Ole Miss here by right. – I'll take Ole Miss by four here. I think I think you're absolutely right. Auburn's favored, but I, I'm taking Ole Miss completely outright. Everything all – Everything Auburn's good at, Ole Miss doesn't attempt to do. Auburn's still good at stopping the run. They still got a good defensive front that can stop the run, but they've been struggling in pass protection, which is what Ole Miss is good at. Ole Miss doesn't really try to run it too much on you. They're not, they're not a team that tries. They can, they do it when they need to, but they're not a team that they're they're air it out team, especially with Tayamu being a good quarterback. He's a better quarterback than Garantano. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Ole Miss outright, and and, and I don't think that uh. I'm taking them by more than four. I think it's more like 10, 13. Uh, wow. Auburn's kind of mailed it in, in my opinion. I'll be shocked if they come out and play a great game, and maybe I'll have a couple different things to say about Auburn if they do. Is the Gus Malzahn era ending at Auburn? No, because he's owed a $35 million buyout, and Auburn's not the kind of program that can pony up. That and if they're, they're still paying Chiswick, I think. Um, 
I, I'm not quite certain on that. But $35 million, plus how do you convince another big... Auburn wants a big tie. The, whoever... Auburn's going to chase the biggest name out there. So whoever There's not a big one out there right now. There's not a guy out there that you look at and go, oh, like, remember last year it was all Scott Frost? Yeah. Um, Auburn would love to get a guy like Chip Kelly, but Chip Kelly has a team. There's not that guy this year. $35 million is too much to pay. And then how do you convince a guy like a Scott Frost or a Chip Kelly or a Jimbo Fisher, one of these big names that from last year, to come to your school when you fire a coach the year after giving him a seven-year extension? Yeah. There's a lot of recipes there. You know, one, one year removed from beating two number one teams to fired. Uh, beating it's, the national champions. Yeah. It's 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 a bad sell. So they're not gonna be they're they're gonna keep him for better or worse. I think probably through next year. I don't I don't even think he gets fired mid season next year if it's still bad. Yeah. Another one, two thirty, so we're past the breakfast. Now it's a game I'll be at. Alabama, Tennessee. Alabama's favored by twenty nine. So I'm gonna ask this uh do they beat the spread? Do they do they cover the spread, or does Tennessee keep it within twenty nine? I think Tennessee keeps it within twenty nine. Um, I think they've got a lot of headway. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a lead at one point in this game. It's not going to be a lot, but I think with Alabama's injuries, uh, with you know homecoming being last week and it was a late game, um, and there was there was a lot of emotion going into that game too, um, with a lot of off the field things. You know, I think Alabama may not be asleep, um, and they're definitely not. I, I don't think Tennessee's going to keep it anywhere close, but I do think they can cover the spread. The big thing that's sticking out for me in this game, other than the fact that it's a rivalry game, is did you see the clip of Philip Fulmer in the locker room after the Auburn game? Yeah, he was singing that song that they sing sometimes. Yes, we don't give a damn about the entire state of Alabama is how it goes. There's one thing you do not do. I will never understand it. I won't understand not just giving Alabama bulletin board material knowing they're going to see it, but just assuming that they might not see it because it happens in a locker room or it happens on the practice field. At this day and age, it's just dumb. So now you've given Alabama bulletin board material. After you haven't beaten them, Tennessee has not beaten Alabama uh, in the age. No one's ever tweeted about it. Uh, this was in Pat's stats. No one ever tweeted about it. No one's ever put a fa- post on Facebook about it um, in the era where Facebook has been free. No one has sent an iMessage about it. Um, the number one album in 2006 was Justin Timberlake. Uh, the number one song was Sexy Back. The number one movie was called Crash. Am I getting through to you right now? The last time Tennessee beat Alabama was 4,300 and I think 35 days ago at this point. Something like that. You just don't. You just can't give a team like that bulletin board material, especially when you haven't beaten them in over a decade. No, I'm with you. I was at their. So you mentioned uh, their locker room after the game. I was at their Monday morning press conference, and one of the players they brought up was Mac Wilson. And one of the reporters asked him if he'd seen the video of them after their win. And Mac Wilson, very political. All the players out there are very political. You can tell they've been coached up uh, expertly by Nick Saban and the. Uh, PR staff there and so of course he was saying I don't really pay attention to that stuff but you could tell he'd seen it and he ended that question with well we'll just see what they say you know we'll see what they're saying after the game Saturday they don't like it they're there I I don't think I think they do cover the spread I think Alabama beats them by more than 30 Mm. um because they just beat they just beat um Missouri by exactly 29 and Missouri's better than Tennessee biggest game of the season the ga- the ga- the game of the century. The they ga- call it the, the game. game for a reason. This is the game of the millennium right here. Actually, this is the game of the eon. This is the game of the eon. Um, NC State, undefeated, mind you. My sweetheart, cue the music. Undefeated. Over halfway through the season. Taken on Clemson. At Clemson, 2-30. Clemson's coming off their bye. NC State also coming off their bye. I'm not going to ask you who's going to win. I'm going to ask you how many points the Wolfpack win by. <laughs> Buddy, you're going to hate this. No. Listen, I kid. Clemson's a 17.5-point favorite. I do think that NC State can keep it close. I think they can cover. I think they can cover 17.5, but I'm not taking NC State. I think NC they State. can upset Clemson. Uh, I think NC State, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Finley. 
NC State's quarterback. Ryan oh, Finley, man. is that right? Yes. Uh, said that if they play their A game, they're going to beat Clemson. Yeah, if they do and Clemson plays their C minus, sure. Yeah. I mean, but if, if Clemson plays their A game and NC State plays their A game, it's a two touchdown or more Clemson win. You know, I was about to apologize to you because we didn't even do a sweetheart segment last week, but uh, then I remembered both of our sweethearts were on buys. Uh, Wake Forest taking on Florida State in Tallahassee. It's a 3.30 kick. You could have told me that's a nooner, and I would have believed you all day. Uh, coming off uh, two weeks ago, getting beat by Clemson uh, by 60, looking to turn it around here. I'm taking Wake big here. I'll take Wake by 12. Going to be a weird game. It's going to be a weird game. I'm still taking FSU. Um, just because wakes worse fine i hate you too clemson by 50 <laughs> do you see how you just ruined this do you see how I we could have been cordial that. and you just ruined it we i thought we i thought we've moved into our in all seriousness phase yes i did and i hate you and clemson's gonna beat you guys by 50 there are you're, you happy now probably closer to right than me but hey you don't have to be so salty i'm not so, um, i'm fine i'm sweet I'm like angel food be, cake right now. It's going to be a weird week to play a game in Tallahassee considering what just went on in that region. That is going to be, in all seriousness, yeah. Uh, I, I know we probably, or we might have listeners down in that area. If you were afflicted by that brick, I know you knew a lot of people down there, buddy. Um, it's bad. If you're yeah. afflicted by that, in all seriousness, please take care. Please let us know uh, if you need anything. We'll mention how to reach us uh, at the end of the podcast. You need anything, don't want to call for some reason, you don't have our numbers, anything like that, you just want to shoot us an email. Uh, we'll mention all that at the end of the podcast. Just please, please know you're in our thoughts and our prayers, in all seriousness. Um, and break your right. That is going to be a weird place to play a game. Weird place, but, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of those players are from that area, especially yeah. um, especially Janarius Robinson, who, if you haven't seen the pieces that ESPN has been doing on him, they're both pretty good. I don't want to spend too much time on that because it's been pretty tough. But Yeah, um, I'm sure. Uh, Mississippi State and LSU – Mississippi State is the, the the team in the SEC that catches teams napping. And I think they can catch LSU napping a little bit this week. Are I they on your are they on your uh upset watch? Upset LSU's warning? On my, LSU's on my upset warning, not my guarantee. Warning. It's it's higher than watch. Oh. It would feel it would feel so LSU for what I think this team and program is to lose this game. And throw a wrench in everything. That would feel very LSU to me. I still am picking LSU, but I'm only picking them by a touchdown. Wow. I like it. I hope you're right. Baton Rouge. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, but I I just I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening. No, my uh my upset I'll, I'll put it at a watch. For the week, I think Washington State could upset Oregon. Um, another watch I could see Purdue sneaking up and beating Ohio State. It's a night game. Purdue's a weird place to play a game at Ross-Age Stadium. So those two teams, I do want to talk about Washington State. They get game day next week. Huge for game day. If you know the lore of college game day, always a Washington State flag flying uh, very proudly and very high at college game day. They have never been to Pullman and that is changing now. They will be right in the shadow of Martin Stadium, and it is going to be loud. I could see them potentially uh, potentially upsetting Oregon. I will put that as a watch, not a warning. Yeah, I would agree with you. I could see Washington State just with, with I mean, I don't, I don't feel like Washington State's a top 25 team, even though they're ranked 25th. I don't know. I guess I don't really have too much intel on Washington State. I really like this Oregon team because Justin Herbert's a a, a pretty big baller. But um, Gardner Minshew, why do I know his name? I think he might be a transfer quarterback at Washington State. I'm just looking at their stats. Uh, and then uh, any more, any more, um, any more game? No, that's it. That's I it think for that's the week, it. Baby. It's a, it's a pretty quiet week. Um, but you know, it is it is a good week. There's a lot of games jam packed, and then we get some good uh, Pac-12 at night action. Right, well, before we go, before we go, um, because we do this now at this point of the season, even though I haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, update us on if you had to pick today, oh, what four teams you have in the playoff. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty easy as of right now, right? You've got to have Bama one. 
I think you've got to have uh, right now Clemson two, or no, excuse me, Ohio State two. So Clemson did struggle. Ohio State hasn't struggled yet. I think that uh, Clemson's three because they've struggled a little bit more than Ohio State, but a little bit less than my number four team, who is Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Notre Dame's a top four team in the country, but I think they've done a good enough job creating their path that they they'll get in. I mean, they've beaten the team they needed to, uh, regardless of last week's close game. I'll. I'll give them a freebie for that. If it happens again, I'll be a lot more concerned. Here's the thing then, with um, those four teams, and I think this may be the first time this early that I've said this. All four of those teams control their destiny as far as the playoff is concerned. If all four of those teams win out, I don't think you can put anybody else in the playoff. Yeah, no, if it if it stays the same, then yes. If those four teams win the rest of their games, that's your four. But you and I have watched enough college football to know that that might not happen. Probably won't no. happen. Notre Dame a little bit less because again, I, I I am I am always watching and laughing at people that are slaves to the moment and and only take things from the exact week that it just happened, and that's your view on that team, because Notre Dame again like I said if they continue to struggle, and then they don't play in a conference championship game so if our most recent memory, is Notre Dame really struggling two weeks ago against USC, yes. and Ohio State obliterating somebody in a. Uh, championship game yeah people are slaves at the moment and there might be a good bit of people that vote in Oklahoma that's my big fear with the team that doesn't play a conference championship it's like when you have a player that's up for the Heisman Trent Richardson could have very much won the Heisman um several years ago but Ryan Gri- Robert Griffin won it yeah. because Trent Richardson wasn't playing in a um in a conference championship that was yep. Tyron Matthew, who was also a Heisman contender. Yeah, uh, if Joe Richardson had played in that game, he probably would have. He probably would have won it for sure. Finished higher for sure. And we, you remember, we thought he'd won it after the Auburn game. Yes, but then he didn't play, in the, and nobody. And then the last game everybody remembered was three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. my point. Um, Heisman, I'm still giving to Tua. I feel like you probably feel the same at this point. Yes, I do. I do. I, I've not seen a quarterback throw like this in college football ever. Yeah, I think injuries are the only thing that would uh that would change that at this point. Even I mean, shoot, even if Bama dropped a game, as as long as it's not the SEC championship game, or I guess at this point the LSU game. So really, I think, they can't. Drop I think a if game, Bama actually. loses a game and he throws four picks, three picks, uh, then then I could see an argument where he doesn't win it. Kyler but... Murray's going to threaten. Haskins is going to threaten because he keeps throwing for a ton of yards, and um. I mean, Herbert could sneak in there with with several wins. Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah, that's, no, that's I, I think I think it is definitely two is to lose. Yeah, uh, he's no longer the uh, unanimous. He was unanimous last week on the ESPN staff. I think one or two guys now have maybe moved Haskins above because uh, I don't know why. Anyway, um, I guess that's all the time we have for this podcast. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to let you do social media. Cause... You're going to let me handle that. You've had a rough week. Uh, if you want to. Connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter at PI underscore podcast. We're on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. You can go to our newly designed, I guess, renovated website is what I should say. I mean, it's still got a similar look, but some things have changed. Got a nice new little graphic on the front end. Uh, That's patsinterference.com. Or, again, you can reach out to us through email. That's patsinterference at gmail.com. We're on all forms uh, of podcasting, whatever you like. If it's if it's iTunes, if it's Stitcher. I think the only thing we're not on is Spotify. Um, but, again. I actually, funny thing, I looked into that. Oh. And I've reached out to Spotify. I can't wait. They're taking a, they're taking a long time to get back. I reached out to them before we started year four, so I wouldn't read too much into this. I never told you, but you... They they're very very picky on how they accept podcasts. I, I've you heard that be, in the past. We go through SoundCloud, and SoundCloud isn't one of their things. So you have to like reach out to them in a different way. But they never got back. They haven't got back to us yet. Um, I doubt they will. I can try it again. I'll try it again. Maybe when I get my computer up at the new house. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll I'll try to get us on there. But I'm pretty happy with us on SoundCloud. No, we're great as far as our as far as our server. So. We're you know, great. Whatever. Uh, Buy an iPhone, I guess. Brick, do you have a sound off tonight? Uh, ooh. Um. Yeah, I guess. 
the NBA season's back and it's hard for me to be into it because, as you know, I'm a huge Spurs fan and nobody feels bad for Spurs fans because they've had 20-something years of excellence. But it was still pretty tough today to see the team and not see either Tim Duncan, Monte Ginobili, or Tony Parker uh, on the court or court side. That was a little weird. It's, it's a hey, little strange. Listen, you want to come up to Charlotte and watch Tony Parker play? I'll make the hour and a half drive down. We'll, go, we'll go see a game together. First of all, I hate their their court. I hate that. I hate the... the oh, the honeycomb? The, the honeycomb. Yeah, it's bad. I, I don't know why. I don't like it. Some people love it. I hate it. It's bad. There's too many. That's too little tiny sound by, sound offs, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I, my bi- my biggest gripe this week, because I, I drove for like nine hours, if you're slow traffic, just get in the right lane. I was in like Ooh. three or four traffic jams where somebody was just in the left lane and they were slow. That was the entire reason for like a 50-car bumper-to-bumper traffic jam. Dude, if I mm, – mm. You could tee off on that. Look, and that's like a generic sound off, but it's just because it was fresh on my mind. I blame the parents. You blame who? I blame the parents. If you didn't teach your kid that, then that. But also, you know, then you become an adult and your parents never taught you, but you can kind of just realize that that's the way that Look it up. How do you go an entire adult life not realizing that that's the way that works? Just look up. Just turn around and look up and see. Oh my gosh, no. there's 50 cars behind me. No, is this your, that's my thing, is this your first time driving? Dude, I could, I could do an entire podcast, not just one episode. I could do a weekly podcast on this. It's the biggest gripe in my life, actually. Right. I'm glad you said Quick it. Quick question before no. we leave. Before we wrap, what state has the worst drivers that you've been in? Oh, what state? Well, I haven't been in that many states. Florida was pretty rough. Florida's the absolute worst. Florida was pretty rough. Like, like there's some here in Alabama, but Florida, you have a lot, of, you know, a lot of old people go to Florida, and they just, you know, they just kind of, they're, they coast, and... and but here's my thing. I'm going back to it. I have to say it. You know, how do you go your entire uh, – and if, you, if you're if you like, what are they talking about? You're that person. If you're like, I don't – what do they mean? Left lane, right lane. Then then you're the person we hate because how do you go your whole adult life? Your whole adult life. You drive all the time. How do you never one time realize, go, oh, this seems to be the way that people do this. When you're going slower, you're over here. This is the passing lane. I like how my sound off just became our sound off. That's great. What's mine is yours, baby. Always. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Brick and I have always wanted to do this podcast. Uh, You know, it's something that we talked about when we were students, um, and it's something that we're so in love with and we talk about all the time. I I mean, I swear half of our conversations are about this podcast, so we really do love it. We really love your reviews. Please review us. Please let us know how we're doing. Um, again, you can you can scroll back a little bit if you want to hear how to contact us. You can contact us. We're always around. We always have our phones on us, uh, and we would love to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening. And, Brick, that's going to do it for us uh, this week from Pat's Interference. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.